As we continue on this series on how to build cash buyers from the comfort of your home, in part three, we are going to cover how it is that you're going to be selling your deals to these qualified buyers. In this video, I'm going to share with you the three proven steps that you must take in order to sell your deals to cash buyers. And if you stick around to the end, you're going to learn this massive growth hack that most people are not taking advantage of and can scale your business exponentially. All of this and more coming up. This is John Barbera with an investor's journey, bringing you the freshest tips and strategies to help you invest in real estate the right way. In this channel, we share with you lessons learned as full-time real estate investors like this video right here. So if this is your first time, consider subscribing. This is part three on the series on how to find cash buyers from the comfort of your home. In the coming videos, we're going to be sharing how you're going to be able to partner with your cash buyers, how you're going to be able to convert them into private money lenders and much more. So make sure you hit that bell so you do not miss one. Also, make sure to check out the links in the show notes below in the description. In this three-step process of how to sell your deals to cash buyers, I'm going to cover one, how to actually market to your cash buyers list. Two, how to assign the deal correctly to your cash buyers. And three, we're going to cover how to handle the closing of this deal. And remember, stick around to the end so you can learn this powerful growth hack that I'm going to share with you that will grow your business exponentially. And this is something that you can start doing today. So make sure you stick around till the end. Now let's get into this. So step number one, marketing to your list. All right. So we Cover this in qualifying your buyers. The reason you wanted to qualify your buyers, in case you missed it, click the card here to catch those videos. In case you missed it, you want to qualify and you want to make sure you're vetting your buyers to see exactly what their buying criteria is going to be. So now what you want to do is kind of ask yourself, all right, this deal, which one of my buyers does this deal make the most sense for? All right. You can't say all of them. If you're saying all of them, then you didn't do that step correctly. Go back and watch that video again and qualify them, all right? So you should have a one or two, depending on how big your list is, buyers that this makes the most sense for. And out of those, you gotta be strategic, right? So who haven't you worked with? Who is it that you wanna work with based on possible future opportunities? So this is something that we did cover on the first one, on the first part of the series on how to actually find them, is their lending terms. So if they're using their own funds, their cash buyers, that's one buyer that you want to work with. Then you have your hard money one, and then you have ones that have access to private funds. You want to gauge which one do you want to keep building uh, partnerships with and working with, because these are people that you're going to perhaps partner with in the future or borrow from. So you don't want to be giving off all your deals just to one of your buyers that you just really like, but maybe don't have that opportunity to really scale. So keep that in mind. Who, who does this deal make the most sense to? Because that is the person that you want to bring the deal to. And then how is it that they wanted the deal to be presented to them? So did they want, you know, did they want to go to the house? Do they want pictures? Do they want comps? Uh, do they want uh, repair budgets? Do they want contractors at the house? How is it that they want? Do they want video walkthroughs? 
what is it that they need? You got to understand this. This way, when you come to them, you bring them exactly what they want. I mean, remember, you, you're trying to put yourself, you want to set yourself aside from all these other wholesalers in the market. And the way you do that is by actually listening to how they like to work and what they're asking for. Because when you do this, you're going to be able to always deliver exactly what they want and they're going to love you for it. They're going to love working with you. That it will get to the point whenever you have a deal, all you have to do is pretty much just text them, hey, I have a deal, this is the address, all this information, and they're going to jump on it. Because again, they like working with you. They trust you. You've built that rapport, right? So make sure you're keeping a, a, a nice note list of how is it that they like their deals being presented to them. And know the market. You know, try to understand the market, try to learn the market where you're able to tell them, hey, look, so here's the deal. Here's what I've been seeing in this area of town. You know, I've been seeing more rentals come up or I've been seeing, you know, rent flips are starting to pick up a lot more here. Or maybe this is a great area for owner finance. Get educated on the market. Get educated on the area. The more educated you are, the more they're going to love you because they're going to trust you. They're going to be like, wow, this person really knows their stuff. I'm telling you, there are very, very, very few and far between wholesalers that actually know the market that can bring you a deal and actually not just be like, you know, oh, here's a deal. Here are the numbers. Take it or leave it. No, care a little. Hey, podcast, if you're finding any of this information valuable, make sure you subscribe. It helps out. Now back to the episode. All right. Bring it to them and tell them like, look, hey, this is the opportunity that I'm seeing. This is what I'm seeing in the market. Because what if you're wrong, right? If you're wrong and they know more than you, they'll educate you. And again, the purpose of being a wholesaler is to learn to build an actual business. Wholesaling is not a business. All right. Wholesaling is a stepping stone. Keep that in mind. It's a stepping stone, not a business. This is not where you want to live the rest of your life. You want to just gain the skills and the abilities here so you can grow and scale as a business owner. So you want to make sure that you know the market, you're getting yourself educated. And lastly, do not, do not blast the deal. All right. Because now you start losing all credibility that you were building with these buyers. The whole reason you wanted to vet them, the whole reason you wanted to qualify them is because you're going to be bringing the deal directly to them. So if they notice that you start blasting it because maybe you're desperate now, right? Maybe you didn't get a deal. You said you thought you had a deal, but you didn't have a deal. You contracted whatever the hell came across your table because you're hurting for money. So if that's the case, you're going to start losing credibility with your buyers. Don't do this. All right. Whatever you do, hold strong to what it is that you're trying to build because you will suffer for it and it will cost you your business. Don't blast it. Send it directly to the buyer that you know that this fits and tell them, hey, I'm bringing this deal to you. Nobody else has access to this deal. Right. So if you don't like it or whatever, I appreciate you telling me this as soon as possible so I can move on to my next buyer. Because again, we fired cash buyers from our list where we brought exactly, we always over deliver on whatever their criteria is because that's how we like to build our business. But when we brought you a deal that was above and beyond the, what you wanted and you didn't pull the trigger, you're done because you're wasting our time and you're wasting the seller's time. Then now the seller can get pissed with us and we may even lose the deal. So that is unforgivable. 
the same way that you just don't blast your deal to everybody else where they're thinking they're the only ones and then they show up and they got to bid out five other investors. I understand a lot of people are doing that because they just don't care, right? All they care about is the money. I'm telling you, don't do it that way. Build a business, build a reputation. Before you assign the deal, uh, you're probably asking yourself this, well, what am I assigning? You need to understand the contracts. Well, in this card above here, or check out the descriptions, I actually posted a video on contracts that we use and how it is that we use them. So make sure to check out the video and it's called how to wholesale a contract. Check out the video. I share with you all the contracts, everything that we use. That way you're better prepared and using the right contracts. So step number two, how to actually assign the contract. So you got a property on the contract, right? You, you got it on the contract with the seller, everything. Hopefully, what you've done as a wholesaler is had that contract sent to title already. If you're in Texas, we use title companies. If you're in other states, sometimes you might be using real estate attorneys, but send it because you want to make sure you have clear title. All right. This is something that we always make sure of before we even start wholesaling our deals. We want to make sure we have clear title. We want to make sure there aren't any other liens. There aren't any other encumbrances that can really jack up the deal for you or for your buyers. You do, again, you don't want to be wasting their time and you don't want to waste your seller's time too, where maybe, you know, they're in foreclosure, whatever it is, you need to move quickly. Title companies or attorneys, they can actually check it out and see, are there any liens? Which ones can be removed? Which ones can we, you know, get rid of? Which ones need to be paid? They can check all that out. And you want to make sure you do that before you assign the deal to any of your buyers. With that being said, getting an assignment agreement. Now these aren't, uh, remember assignments are not part of like any type of traditional real estate. So you're not going to find a traditional assignment agreement out there. And if you watch the, the video that I said about how we wholesale contracts, the contracts that we use in all of that, you're going to see that you have for getting the property on the contract, you have your standard agreements for buy and sell real estate. But when it comes to assigning, what we like to do is we have our own attorney draft up an assignment agreement for us. You can find templates online everywhere and anywhere. All right. But I'm sure bigger pockets probably has a few, even just Google it assignment contracts. You can find templates everywhere. But the problem is that you want to make sure your attorney reviews it because you want to make sure that the assignment that you're using, makes sense for the state that you're in and for what you're trying to do. So you're being better protected. You understand? You got to protect yourself. This is the one thing that a lot of people will get into it thinking that it's an easy thing. And then later they realize that, oh man, I didn't, I didn't get the proper legal advice that I needed. I didn't get the proper contracts and this and that. And now you're liable for lawsuits and stuff like that. This is something that you have to take serious you can get sued in this business. This is still a business. I understand that the appeal of how easy it is to get into investing in real estate, you know, with zero money and all of this, I understand how appealing that may be, but it's still risky. You're still dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars in certain properties and everything. It's a huge risk. It's a huge liabilities. If you're not doing it correctly, sellers can lose their home. So take it serious, spend some money, get an attorney to draft up a good assignment contract, and you can just reuse that assignment contract over and over and over. All right. That is what we've done. And that is what I strongly recommend you do. Also another debate out in the wholesaling space. 
non-refundable deposits. To do them or not to do them? That is the question. Well, non-refundable deposits are a little bit trickier because what we've never done them. All right, so let me just start there. We've never asked for non-refundable deposits because we've done such a good job pre-qualifying our buyers that we don't like beating around the bush or, or bullshitting too much with non-refundables. Non-refundables are usually from wholesalers that are blasting deals and they're using it so they don't get screwed over by a buyer. And you may use an unrefundable when you are perhaps dealing with a new buyer that maybe you don't have 100% confidence in. So the purpose of the non-refundable is somebody's going to give you maybe $2,000, $5,000, whatever you decide it being, they're going to give you that when they sign the assignment contract, right? And they shouldn't give it directly to you. I will send it to title company, right? Make sure it's at title. But usually why it's non-refundable is because if they decide to back out, then you get to keep that money because there are times that you're going to have. This is why, again, we stress so much that you qualify your buyers because there's a lot of times that you're actually dealing with another wholesaler. You're not dealing with an end buyer and that wholesaler might be trying to, you know, wholesale a wholesale, which is a lot of what these people that don't know how to do anything in this business are doing now. They're wholesaling uh, somebody else's wholesale and they can't find the buyer by the time the, the contract is due. So what happens is that they've wasted your time. Now maybe the seller again, maybe they're in foreclosure or maybe now they're just pissed because you wasted a month of their time and nothing got done and they cancel the contract with you. So at least the, the two or five grand that whatever you get from them is going to be used to compensate you a little bit for that time or maybe compensate the seller if that's the case. That is how it should be used. Now, a lot of wholesalers are using non-refundables as pretty much their way of making money or the way of getting you to purchase the house because now, well, you already have five grand in it that you're not going to get back. Might as well push forward, right? They use it as a very shady way of doing business. We don't, again, obviously, if you know us by now, you're going to know we don't recommend that strategy. We don't recommend that style of doing business. We strongly recommend you do business the right way. So should you do an unrefundable? Not if you pre-qualify your buyers the right way. If you pre-qualify them correctly, you understand what a funding source, you know they have experience, you know that they have credibility, you shouldn't have to, right? Because they're going to go look at the house. They're going to be like, yes, I want it. Done. Just do the assignment and close on the deal. There shouldn't be any of this, you know, time wasting and bullshit of, you know, oh, non-refundable deposit for my ego or whatever it may be. It, it shouldn't be any of that. And if for whatever reason you do take an unrefundable and then let's say title comes back and there's an issue with title, whatever it may be, give it back. All right. Don't be like, you know, well, you know, there's a risk of doing business and all this. Don't be a dick. Give it back. Because remember, you're trying to build a reputation and credibility. You don't do that by nickel and diming people every step of the way. So the non-refundable deposits, it's 100% up to you. But you got to make sure that, you know, you're still operating the right way. All right. So this is for you guys that are buying from wholesalers. Just because a wholesaler says there's a non-refundable deposit doesn't really mean that it needs to be non-refundable. All right. I rarely, rarely buy given a non-refundable deposit. I, if I tell somebody I'm going to buy, I'm buying, you know, don't waste my time with this non-refundable crap. But there has been once or twice, I think once so far this year, that somebody's asked us for a non-refundable. The thing with me is, like I said, it raises up too many red flags. 
why are you asking me for a non-refundable? You understand? How are you trying to screw me over is how I'm looking at it. They may not be, but I don't know. So what I did with this property is fine. There were two things that I was actually very concerned about with the property. So one of them was the plumbing and the other one was the, they had people living there that when they left, they will leave the house in the same conditions that I saw the house, right? That they didn't tear up the house or anything. So we went ahead, we put those two contingencies in the contract. It's like, all right, here's the money, but it's non-refundable. But I get my money back if there's a huge plumbing issues, which we were going to snake the lines or when the tenants left, they trashed the house. I'll get my money back. They agreed to it. We went ahead. Luckily, everything worked out great. The people there were the wholesalers were great. They did a great job. And I understand they didn't know us. They were protecting themselves. But myself as an investor, I got to protect myself, too. So keep that in mind. Next time somebody asks you for an unrefundable deposit. Hey, podcast, if you thought that tip was good, make sure you subscribe. All right, it helps. Now let's get back to the show. Step number three, closing the deal. Let's walk through this, all right? So when you're closing the deal, the biggest thing to keep in mind is that you need to keep constant communication. So many, so many wholesalers get a property on the contract, they get a buyer, they assign the contract, and they're like, I'm done. Next. I'm out of here. Wrong mode. You cannot be looking at it that way. You need to be able to get a property on the contract, right? You got the assignment, you send everything off to title and you need to stay in communication. Remember it was you, the one that negotiated with the seller. That rapport is built with you and the seller. Now with this new buyer, the seller doesn't know who the hell this buyer is. You understand? The seller doesn't know who title company is. You need to keep the communication open between you and the seller, between you and the buyer, between you and title. You are that point of contact for everybody. And you need to be keeping every single one of them informed on everything along the way. Don't just wait for title to reach out to you. You need to be reaching out to title. Hey, how are we on this? Hey, did we get the agreement on this? Hey, is the title clean here? Is the buyer ready to go? You need to be pressing them because guess what? Title company, your deal is not the only one they have. They have too many deals sometimes that sometimes they forget about yours. And yes, they may apologize or whatever they want. But if you are against the clock with these sellers and they need to do quickly, and then your title company screws up in any way, it's your screw up, not the title company screw up. So make sure you stay in communication. Don't depend on the title company, you know, oh, the title company is going to reach out to the homeowner or the title company is going to talk to the buyer. Don't wait for that. Don't expect that to happen. Stay in communication. You need to understand every step of the way. Where's everybody at? What's the next steps? Who's responsible for that step? And you need to stay on top of them. So it closes. Remember, this is your deal. If you don't care enough for this deal to close, Neither should anybody else. So you need to care. You need to be in constant communication and you need to be making sure. And then the last thing is making sure that, you know, depending on when closing is that you do a final walkthrough of the property. If especially if the people are moving out or whatever it is, do a final walkthrough before closing. Make sure that property, everything is up to where it should be for the buyer to take it over. All right. Again, not because you signed the assignment and you're going to close on it. You're done. Don't think about it this way. Deliver a good product. Your reputation is all you have. This is one thing that you need to like just burn into your skull. 
Your reputation is all you have. All right. You are the business, not your wholesaling company, not your LLC, not your business card. You're the business. So you need to protect that. Show up to the house. Take a look at it. Make sure is everything working? Is everything still good? If the tenant left, did they screw anything up? What happened? Everything's good. Great. Let's move forward. Let's close on this deal. But do not, do not go ahead and close, not checking out the house because then the buyer gets the house. They're like, whoa, what the hell happened here? And yes, of course, it's not your fault now. It's not your responsibility, but it looks bad on you. And you might have just lost a buyer. So do what's right because it's the right thing to do. Now, here's the tip that I was talking about. So if you stuck around and you listen to steps one, two, and three, you're going to be so much better prepared to actually wholesale a deal and make some real money from all the hard work you've been doing with the marketing and getting these deals on the contract. Here's the powerful growth hack. If you document this process, and what do I mean by document it? That when you go to the house, you know, especially the first couple visits, you're taking pictures, you're documenting, you're taking pictures of yourself in front of the house and you're doing all this on social media. All right. I know a lot of you people are going to tell me, you know, ah, social media, screw this. No, no. Okay. Stop being emotional. Social media is where the attention is at. And if you want to build a business, if you want to be successful in this, people need to know who you are. You understand? And this is how they know who you are by doing these strategies by here, by showing that you are doing these strategies right here, by showing that you know how to do these strategies. If you go every property, you know, got another contract, you know, working with my buyer, just sold the wholesale, another deal, another happy buyer, have your buyers give your testimonials, all of these things, because people are watching people are on Facebook, on Instagram. They're always watching you. They may not be liking your posts or commenting or anything, but they're watching you. And this is how you build reputation. This is how we've gotten so much business done. We're actually, we've put together and we're going to be putting out a workshop showing you step-by-step step how to build a brand from yourself online using all these techniques. And this is going to be such a powerful workshop because it's going to show you exactly how we haven't done any marketing for the last four years of flipping houses, building houses, acquiring rentals. We've been doing all this online without spending one dime in marketing. We don't do any marketing. And yet we've been able to get private money lenders. We have over $6 million in private funds available to us at any time. And that amount keeps growing every single week because more and more people keep coming to us. So we're going to be doing that. And we did it just by documenting our process. But if you're interested in that workshop, click the link below in the description. I'm going to put a link to the workshop, click it, the sign up to it, say that you're interested. It's going to be in November. So make sure you check out that workshop. It's going to be live. You're going to be able to ask questions and everything. And I'm going to share with you. I'm going to give you a manual, everything. I'm going to share with you step-by-step step how to do this. But I'm telling you, don't underestimate this. Document this along the way. Take pictures. Put yourself out there. Let people know what it is that what you're doing and that you know how to do it. Make sure you check out the description for more related videos and links. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.